Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello and welcome to the Animal Files podcast. This is our annual post-season bonus episode. We do every holiday season that you can bring into all of your celebrations going forward. And most of us love the holidays. And some of us love to find any reason to celebrate, whether it be a birthday, a job promotion, a new job, moving into a new home, completing a small or a large goal, or maybe you even enjoy following some of the pet holidays that get promoted, such as Doggy Date Night and Pet Appreciation Week. (laughs) A lot of things to celebrate. And I don't know about you guys outside of North America, but well, at least in the United States, we celebrate everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Oh, the grass is greener today? let's have a party. So (laughs) that's just who we are here in the United States. So I don't know if that is North America worldwide or in other countries, but that's how we are. And how can we do that with our pets and keep them safe? Because our pets also want to celebrate with us because they love to be with us. And we need to find ways that we can include them while we can still keep them safe, healthy, and most importantly, relatively stress-free. So I'm just going to let Miranda go from here, because even though our pets may not understand what we're doing, they do understand the excitement. They understand the happiness and they understand the moods that we humans have when we are having our little celebrations. They sure do. (laughs) (laughs) And Most dogs, at least dogs, I know, love people. So the more people you have around, they're like, oh, party. I mean, of course, if you have an animal who is maybe less socialized or less comfortable with people, they might enjoy a celebration with just you or you and your family. They may not appreciate so much if there's a large group of people because that could create a lot of stress for them. So that is one thing to keep in mind is being aware of the personality of your pet and what they will or will not accept or what they feel comfortable with or not comfortable with and making plans accordingly. Yeah. And as always, there's going to be a thread of individuality in here. Of course. Sometimes we may have a general perspective on it, but every animal is different. You may have a cat that loves people, but most cats are going to be like, get me the heck out of here. It's too much. I'm overstimulated. Same thing with dogs. You may have dogs that are like too many people. I can't handle the energy. Then you'll have those dogs that are like, wait, where's my friends? I just met them yesterday, but they're my friend now. And I love them for life. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so every animal is going to be different. You're going to have birds like that. You're going to have any type of animal that you have in your house. They're going to have their own perspective on this. So I just wanted to make sure that we let you guys know that there is going to be that theme of individuality. So if you hear something and say, but wait, my animal, well, your animal is an individual. So take Mm -hmm. that in mind. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what do you guys do to celebrate with your pets? Do you celebrate with your pets? If you do celebrate with them, have you come up with some fun, unique, or clever ways to help your pet feel like they're a part of the festivities? Because that's really what you want. You want them to feel like they're a part of it and not like it's being forced on them. Yeah. And that's the key word, force on them. Mm -hmm. Your animals probably aren't going to want to wear costumes for Halloween or Christmas celebrations, or they're not going to want to have like, you know, bells on their head or bells around their neck. But then there may be some dog that'd be like, ooh, I want that now. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on me. I like the way it sounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to force things. You want to kind of see how much they'll tolerate. I know with with my cats, well, especially Maisie, because um, Frankie left us too soon. But 
when we would have little things like gotcha days or Christmas or whatever, I would buy a Christmas sweater for her, take a couple pictures and then take it off, especially because she was so tiny and these sweaters were a little bit big for her. So they weren't comfortable. So I just Mm -hmm. took a picture and then I take it off. I would never force her to wear something that she was uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. And because she was so tiny and so particular, I always gave her guinea pig costumes because there was nothing constricting her. You know, (laughs) but we never forced something to keep them on forever. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to be able to celebrate with your pets, but haven't done so up to this point, or maybe you might be looking for some new ways to celebrate with your pets, we're going to offer you some different and new ideas that just might become cherished traditions and help you create these heartwarming memories with your pets. So first of all, we're going to talk about anytime celebrations. I like these. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, because I'm from the U.S. Like I said in the beginning, we like to celebrate everything. (laughs) Anytime (laughs) celebrations. (laughs) So one of the things that you could consider with these kind of celebrations is providing pet-friendly special treats. This could be things like you can prepare homemade pet-friendly treats that use safe ingredients, such as peanut butter, pumpkin, or maybe carrots. And you can find recipes online that will cater specifically to pets, but not all recipes are the same. Not all websites are the same. There are definitely sites out there who do not really consider the safety of the pet, and they just focus on the tastiness of the treat. Let's face it, most dogs will eat just about anything. Yeah, they will. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily mean it's good for them. (laughs) So you can find a balance between creating a tasty treat that is also safe and healthy for them. And if it's not overly healthy, then just make sure you give it to them in just a limited quantity so that it's just a treat and not like a meal for them. (laughs) Kind of like what we do when we're (laughs) being good. Yes. Oh, I just want one piece of chocolate. Now, I don't know about you. I had to learn how to do that. You know, (laughs) chocolate's not always good for us. Too much of it's going to be bad. And certain chocolates are better than others. Yes. Moderation. (laughs) A treat once in a while. It won't hurt you unless you're allergic to something, but (laughs) (laughs) moderation. Yes. Little bits, tiny, tiny treats. And if you remember a lot of our conversations that we've had in the past, when you give a dog a treat, you do not want to give them a treat that's the size of a meal. It's a treat. It's a tiny little taste. Basically like the size of your pinky nail. Yeah. That is what is actually a treat. (laughs) And if you're using it for training, even smaller than that could be beneficial. Yeah. (laughs) But okay, so you might want to provide these treats, which you can buy as well if you're not into making it yourself. And again, you just got to pay really close attention to the ingredients if you are going to buy it. If you are choosing to make a homemade treat, you could get your pets involved with that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be wondering, it's like, well, how would my pets get involved with baking? It's not like they can like help mix stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are ways, there are ways. <laughs> So basically what you can do is let your pet sample the ingredients that you are using within moderation, as we said, while you are preparing the treat. So they're in the kitchen with you. Now, you obviously have to have a pet who responds to cues, who is going to understand when you tell them certain things. So, you know, you don't want your pets jumping up on the counter while you're trying to make these treats, you know, whether it's with their front paws or their entire body, like cats will often do. (laughs) (laughs) So they should be able to understand that they stay on the floor. Otherwise, it's not going to really be a good option to have them in the kitchen with you. If you feel like you have that partnership with your animal, 
and they can be in the kitchen with you, then this will be an option for you of, you know, letting them participate in taste testing the ingredients or after the mixing and everything is done, then you can also get them involved in the taste testing or licking of the bowl afterwards. I'm sure they would like that. (laughs) But again, moderation. If you still have an awful lot left in that bowl, you don't want them to lick the whole bowl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Presumably this would be after you have put everything in the baking pan or whatever, if it needs to be baked, putting it into whatever container it's going to be in. And then you're just having the residue, like what a lot of people will often do after they make a batch of cookies or cake or something like that. There, You have that little bit of remnant on the bowl afterwards. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I leave a little bit extra on the bowl because <laughs> I have more of, <laughs> more of a treat. <laughs> oh, I'll leave that in the bowl so I can get that later. <laughs> Well, we'll leave that up to your guys' discretion. (laughs) Just make sure you're keeping moderation in mind. (laughs) Yes. Moderation is the key. (laughs) Another thing you could consider is making a pet-friendly cake or buying a pet-friendly cake. And again, look at ingredients that are going to be safe for your pet's consumption. And there's a lot of pet stores who actually do offer special cakes for dogs and cats. But there's also pet bakeries and that as well to look at. Yeah, make sure they're legit and they're not just trying to create a tasty thing without using good ingredients, like Miranda said earlier. That's really important. And if you do get a full cake for your pet, again, moderation. It depends on the size of the cake. I would probably go with little cupcake Mm. size. Mm. That's me. (laughs) But if it's something that can be easily cut, then you can just cut it to a serving size that's appropriate yeah. for your pet. Yeah. And it depends on what their ingredients are because they could go bad if the dog doesn't eat them fast enough or like if it looks like a cake cake and you give mm-hmm. a serving, like, is it going to last a week in the refrigerator? Mm-hmm. You know, because some of these pet friendly things, I'm assuming the higher end ones are actually not using preservatives and not using stuff like that. So I know a dog's stomach is different than cat's stomach is different than ours, but you want to make sure you're not giving food that's gone off. Yeah. Smaller is probably better because you don't need to give them something every single day for the next two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I like this next one, pet-friendly ice cream, because it's just mm-hmm. a taste, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Starbucks does these puppuccino things for dogs, yeah. too. It's just a taste. It's just yeah. a taste. Yeah, and when we say ice cream, we're not talking about actual ice cream. We're talking more about a frozen treat, because ice cream itself is not healthy. There's too much fat. There's too much sugar. There's too much dairy (laughs) there's too much of a lot of stuff in it (laughs) yeah (laughs) and if you do serve dairy to your cats or your dogs i know there's people out there that do just know that when we're talking moderation you need to really put that into play because dairy products can wreak havoc in both a cat and a dog's digestive system and create Mm -hmm. inflammation where it doesn't need to be there and they may cause them to get a little sick And you may not Mm -hmm. realize why, but they may end up having diarrhea. They may end up throwing up. They may end up doing a lot of things. So just not feeling or having a a sore tummy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, really, if you're going to use dairy, tiny, 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 tiny bits. I even think the puppuccinos are a little bit too big and they're like these little tiny cups, but dairy's not good across the board. Use it with moderation. I know our animals love it, but just like humans, they love things that aren't really good for them. Yeah. <laughs> so a better alternative to the dairy version is using peanut butter without salt or without sugar or without preservatives, mm-hmm. or I should say not or add peanut butter without sugar, salt and preservatives that shouldn't have any of those things in it. Yes. And then yogurt is the other alternative. And again, yogurt is dairy, but it's different I don't think it has the same effect as things like milk and ice cream because 
it's been through a fermentation process, which changes things a bit. Yeah, it's and a little so, bit easier on the digestive system. Yeah, and I don't know about any of you guys, if you have like any dairy kind of intolerances. I know for me, my system does not tolerate milk all that well, but it seems to be okay with cheese and yogurt and sour cream. Those ones that have been sort of more through a process yeah. that has changed it a little bit. But again, yeah. I still have to have that kind of stuff in moderation. Yeah. And for dogs, you can even use frozen bananas. Yeah. That's another option too. Just don't add anything to it. Keep it frozen yeah. banana. I don't know if cats would like bananas. They probably shouldn't have them because their system can't really process them. But mm-hmm. there are some weird cats out there. So if they want a lap, give them a lap, but don't give them a full pop with the bananas. Yeah. yeah. Some cats will eat sweet stuff, but it's not really the sweetness that's attracting to them. Because they can't really taste sweet. There's something else in there that they're tasting that is attractive to them. But with the yogurt, make sure you're using plain yogurt. No fruit yogurt, no sugared yogurt, just plain yogurt. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a way you can make giving a treat a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Combine it with a game. <laughs> oh, they like that. It's a great way to include enrichment for them, which... A lot of pets, I don't know if there's any pet that doesn't benefit from enrichment, (laughs) but it gives them sort of something to kind of figure out. So for example, you could make a homemade treat and let's say that you kind of block them from being in the room or they're just somewhere else temporarily and you go and hide a treat somewhere in the room where they can't see. And then you bring them into the room and you allow them to sniff the treat out. You know, if this is going to be difficult for them, maybe you might have to help guide them a little bit towards it. And if they can't find it, then make sure you give it to them because otherwise it's going (laughs) to sit there and go bad and maybe attract other visitors that you don't necessarily want. Yeah. And you could also get those sniffle balls and those sniffle mats to help them focus like they've they're older and they just want to have one place to look and they can look I I mean I've seen all over Facebook this new snuffle ball where like you take the treats and you roll them up in fabric and it's like a ball and they get to pull out these pieces of fabric out of the ball and get their treats it's actually kind of cute that's but I just started seeing it on Instagram but I think it's called a sniffle ball But it looks cute, multicolored. And so like you roll the treat in like these little long things of fabric and then they get to, Mm -hmm. you know, rip at the ball and unfold it and whatever. And I can even think that would probably work for a cat too. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. You could also consider hiding a treat under one of the bowls. I mean, you know, the game that uh, they play with people where it's like (laughs) you have to guess which, which cup has or which bowl has the special thing under it or whatever but this one you do with the treat and you let them figure out which bowl the treat is under Mm -hmm. there's like so many different things you can do you can get creative and figure out different ways to play with your dog have fun with your dog or your cat or whatever pet you might be doing this with and I'm sure that if you decided to do a search you could probably find a, a number of different ideas as well that other people have used yeah here's an interesting idea Have a pet treat bake sale. Oh, that sounds like fun. (laughs) So, aka a pop-up barkery, a furry friend pop-up munchie or patisserie sale, (laughs) or find some other creative name that speaks to you. (laughs) Second one was kind of a mouthful. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We can make them bougie if we want. Yeah. But you can let your pets be the ambassadors for this bake sale, obviously in a controlled manner, because otherwise they're going to be a taste tester on everything. (laughs) Oh, this is for me? Oh, this too? Oh, that one too? Yum. (laughs) (laughs) And then if you so desire, maybe you might want to consider donating the proceeds to a charity of your choice. Another possible idea is, you know how people will have Usually during the holidays, kind of like a bakery swap where maybe it'll be focused on cookies. Usually it's cookies, I think, because it's easy to split up, but it might be like squares or something like that too. 
And so everybody makes a big batch of whatever, and then they swap it so that everybody's getting a variety of everything. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, this is a consideration that you could do for your pets as well as have a pet treat exchange and get a variety of treats. (laughs) The only thing is, is that whoever you get on board to participate in this, they need to understand that the ingredients need to be safe. Definitely. So, you know, make sure that it's organized in a way that everyone is in agreement with this. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of doggy daycares that probably do stuff like this. You know, if you see it around at a doggy daycare or whatever, maybe, you know, use them as inspiration and ask them when you drop off your dog, you know, how do you do this? Like, should we do this? What do you want to do with it? And then maybe, you know, bring the community in. It's basically what I'm saying in a very mm-hmm. poor way, but, <laughs> um, but bring your community in. So like your pet services that you use and include them. And maybe you can do a little bit swap donation boxes, charity. You can kind of combine everything in a mm-hmm. way that can bring the community together, the, the pet community in your area together and you know do something that includes like all the dogs at the doggy daycare you know all their people and all their families and you know make Mm -hmm. a thing of it why not yeah you know sometimes with people we can end up being so separate you know we don't do a whole lot of community stuff anymore I mean there is community stuff but it's decreased a great deal because we're just kind of all in our own lives and doing our separate things and that. And, and we're all trying to do 20 things at once. So yeah. we just, just don't have the time to do a lot of these things, but it's yeah. nice to kind of take pause. Yeah. <laughs> pause. And just, <laughs> <laughs> and just like say, okay, you know, this Saturday of this week, you know, let's see how many people we can get together, you know, and mm-hmm. take a break from the busy lives. Cause you know, life just keeps getting busier and busier and busier, the more and it's weird, like you would think as we progress into the quote unquote, future of technology, (laughs) that we would have less responsibilities and, you know, more time to ourselves. And that just seems to be the opposite. So you got to make time to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you do it, like maybe set up like this week, every year, we all get together or, you know, make it a big planet, you know, just take that pause, <laughs> the pause in your life to get together and, and be a part of community. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're humans, we're social creatures. We can be on our own for so long and then we start to crave community. Mm-hmm. Even us introverts, because I know I'm an introvert and I do crave community. I, I can't stick around it for very long. Yeah, I'm kind of like an in and out kind of girl, but But I do like to have that community. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I I try to adjust my life to allow that. So, I mean, I mean, your your pets would enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Dogs are very social. Cats may not be, but dogs are very social with stranger dogs. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great type of celebration to kind of bring dogs together in the community. Mm -hmm. As you were commenting about pause and I was thinking, Well, you know, a lot of this is focused on dogs and cats mostly, but if we want to bring other pets involved, get other pets involved, then another name that you could kind of consider for these, these activities could involve something like paws and claws. Oh, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) But we all have to be safe. We have to be safe. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think we talk about dogs mainly because dogs are the ones that are more apt to socialize with stranger dogs right cats are not apt to socialize with stranger cats birds are not Mm. apt to this is where you have to go with the the actual breed of your animal or the species of your animal Mm -hmm. there are some animals that tend to like community Mm -hmm. you know you may have a cat that you travel with all the time that's used to community that might be different but again take your animal into consideration. Don't force it on your animal. You know, I I think dog owners have it pretty easy because it's kind of easy to bring dogs around to social situations because Mm -hmm. they're more likely to be accepting of it Yeah, because of the animal they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you'll probably find others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know if there's a, a meerkat community, but they'd be fine with that. But uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be having meerkats for pets. Uh, I mean, I, I digress a little bit, but that's why we're we're talking more about dogs. Yeah, because they're easier. They're easier, and you know, people go to dog parks. You meet people. There's there's a lot of community that's built around dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a lot of different ideas revolving around pet treats and different things you can do with them. Now we're going to talk about pet friendly outings. Mm, see, good segue. <laughs> community <laughs> pet outings <laughs> and again this will be mostly focused on dogs but you might have some cats or other pets who might be willing to be involved in this in some way but you could take your pet on a pet friendly outing to a local pet friendly cafe beach or hiking trail mm-hmm. so maybe go on a nature walk or a hike where you can allow them to explore new scents and sights. But you want to make sure that when you're going to any of these places, you need to make sure that you are aware of any of the rules or regulations that are set by the venue. And always consider your pet's comfort and safety, meaning you need to consider the terrain that they're going to be walking on, the weather, taking water with you, etc. So if it's a beach, the sand can be really, really hot on their paws. Mm -hmm. If it's a really hot day, so you don't want them to burn their feet. If it gets cold and rainy, or if the weather might be changing or something like that, you want to make sure you have gear with with you to help keep them warm or cool. And you also, obviously, you don't want them to get dehydrated, just like you wouldn't want to get dehydrated. You could consider packing a picnic and heading to a pet-friendly park and pack a few items that is healthy for them to enjoy while you're enjoying your own treats. Mm -hmm. And this gives them the opportunity to enjoy the outdoors and socialize with other pets. So you could do this just by yourself where other pets aren't involved, but you can also maybe have other friends or pet owners that you are connected with in some way to get involved. Yeah, we took Maisie to dinner. Mm. Obviously, when it comes to animals, most cities and municipalities will not allow animals within the establishment. But if they have outdoor seating, Mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of people hanging out outside with their dogs. And Mm -hmm. my husband and I have brought Maisie to dinner where we sat outside and she sat on the chair next to us. We've taken her and and this is a cat who's afraid of everything. So... (laughs) (laughs) You know, we took her down to this one spot that my husband and I really love. And she got to experience what the river looked like because I live right near the Hudson River. And to see those eyes get so big, it like, I can imagine like, what is this? Mm. (laughs) Like it was a new experience for her and it gave her that thing. So we didn't need to be socializing with other animals. It was just giving her the opportunity to safely explore just different environments Mm -hmm. in a safe way she was always in her backpack we never really took her out Mm -hmm. not that she would want to be out in the first place but she did look like I would open up a crack in the the little thing she would stare out and she would see all the people and she would watch the water go by and she would see a boat and that like whoa what's that you know and you can see her engaging with the environment from a safe space Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty fun. Our little family outings. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you might want to take them on a snow outing. No, oh, well, there's a different type of outing. I've seen cats on skis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could try and doing some snow angels with them. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a video where a woman with a horse, I think it was with a horse, she got down in the snow and started doing snow angels and her horse lay down next to her and started like moving yeah around i think i saw that well. too <laughs> yeah so maybe your dogs or cats might want to participate with you <laughs> yep or maybe you could throw some snowballs for them but make sure you are not throwing them so that they are catching the snowballs in their mouths because that can create a lot of injury if there's any ice particles in it or anything it could cut yeah. their mouth or if it gets into the back of their throat or something like that it could cause choking so Throw it so that they can chase after it, but cannot catch it. 
Yeah. And if you can't avoid it, then just don't do the snowballs at all. Yeah. Or alternatively, just womp around in the snow with them. (laughs) (laughs) Do like, I don't know, like crazy sort of dancing type moves and that. Some animals just love that and they'll just go crazy. You can just take the snow and throw it up in the air and (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just have a good time, be a kid. (laughs) And here's another community option for you. Organize a community dog walk or get your friends and family together who have pets and go out. Mm. Maybe you could even add a picnic or a barbecue afterwards just to make it a little more fun and more more involved. Yeah, that's community again. Telling you, building community is really important. Your animals (laughs) will appreciate or at least your dogs would really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Next, you could consider some different pet friendly pastimes or leisure activities. Maybe have a play date and arrange a play date with other pet-friendly friends to socialize and have fun together. This can give your pet an opportunity to socialize and interact with their furry friends in a controlled and safe environment. You could do some other kinds of games with them where you can engage your pets and your guests in pet-friendly games like hide-and-seek, fetch, or puzzle toys that are designed for pets. Uh, You got to make sure that these games are going to be safe and suitable for your pet's size, breed, and personality. Because some of these puzzle toys can be too difficult Mm -hmm. for some pets, and some of them can be too easy for other pets. Again, there's that individuality thread. Mm -hmm. Maybe consider having a movie night. Set up an outdoor movie night or cozy indoor screening with your pet complete with blankets and treats mm-hmm. <laughs> or organize a movie night with pet friendly movies or nature documentaries that feature animals or create a cozy space with comfortable blankets and pillows for both you and your pet to enjoy mm. or maybe have a spooky movie night where you watch <laughs> pet friendly Halloween movies or shows together <laughs> just make sure it's not too scary you don't want to scare your dog or your yeah. cat <laughs> Of course, the cat will be like, ah, yeah, I'm out. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's why it would be pet friendly Halloween movies rather than your Freddy Krueger kind of movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe consider having a spa day for your pet. Now, this is not how you may have seen some spa days depicted for animals. This is doing things that are beneficial for your pet and yes. not to make them cute or, you know, whatever it is for your sort of idea. Entertainment, of yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> this is doing things like grooming that is beneficial for them. So grooming is like trimming their nails or brushing them or cleaning around their eyes or ears or whatever the things that are needed yeah and are going to help them to feel better you could do massages animals love massages maybe they won't tolerate for a really long time but they do enjoy some level of massage unless they're in pain for some reason mm-hmm. just basically anything that's relaxing to the animal yeah you know i mean i know like clipping claws is probably not relaxing but i don't know about you guys out there but i know when I had not gotten to my cat's claws for a while. When they got their claws clipped, it was so much easier for them to walk and to do things and whatever. So they kind of appreciated it after the fact. Right. And I'm sure your dogs, because dogs can't retract their nails back in. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure your dogs would appreciate not slipping and sliding and clicking and clacking all over the place. Mm -hmm. So again, the relaxation would be in the after. Right. You could treat them to a pampering session by giving them a gentle bath, only if they need it, Mm -hmm. brushing their fur, or even booking a professional pet groomer to make them look their best for the celebration. But just make sure that the groomer is doing only what's needed. No shaving or anything that is not necessary. Yeah, like painting nails and dyeing the fur. Consider playing some pet-friendly music for them. You could play soothing and calming music for your pets during the grooming. If it's not something that they particularly enjoy, it could help them to accept it more if you do it during that process. You could also use certain genres like classical or soft instrumental music 
or some of the specially created pet music you can find on YouTube where there's, I don't know all what's included in those options. I know there's one where it's like the cat is purring the whole time. There's other ones where it's actually more musical, but these can all help create a relaxing environment. Some slightly more active interactions that you can have to celebrate with your pet is to have a pet-friendly party. Mm. So maybe organize a pet-themed party where your friends and their pets can join in the fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Just make sure there's enough space for them to play and interact safely. Or maybe have a pet-friendly dance party. (laughs) (laughs) I know my mom used to like to dance with the dog she used to have. Mm. and uh, the dog I used to dance with my cats too yeah Yeah. I would dance with my cats too (laughs) they always got more scared than followed along but (laughs) (laughs) again individuality (laughs) some dogs love it it's like the energy that dancing brings they feed off of and they really enjoy it Mm -hmm. some other sort of intense enrichment activities that you could use is plan activities that cater to your pet's interests such as a pet agility course, a swimming session, or a nature walk in a pet-friendly park. Just make sure that these activities are going to be suitable for your pet's age and physical capabilities. Mm -hmm. With a pet agility course, you don't have to necessarily go to a special place where there's already an agility course that's been built and created. You can create your own, actually. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be pretty basic just in your backyard, or you can do it for your cats as well, where it could just be in the living room or something like that. And you have different types of tunnels or jumps or holes that they have to kind of weave around. And this all just helps to promote exercise and mental stimulation for them. Got lots of ways to to celebrate. A lot of ways. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can go in many directions with your individual animals, likes, and your likes as well. I mean, I'm sure there's something that the two of you could find together that you like to do. And, and some animals don't need a lot. Some animals don't need big elaborate things. There's plenty of ideas here that are small, require no planning, no thinking. And then there are others that can just really bring in everything. And there's a few more Some of these are probably more smaller, more accessible. So we'll talk about these before we go to break. But, you know, just take your creativity and fly with it. Just make Mm -hmm. sure that everything is safe and you keep your animal in mind. Mm -hmm. So a couple more ways that you could celebrate with your pet is with do-it-yourself pet toys or pet puzzle toys. With the do-it-yourself toys, if you're going to be making them yourself, use Safe materials such as old t-shirts, socks, or empty water bottles, depending on the type of toy. So an empty water bottle would be more like you are maybe putting something inside it and the noise of the crinkling is what attracts them. What you have to be careful with that is that if the animal is able to puncture the water bottle while they're playing with it, then you could get end up with sharp edges that could cut their mouth. Yeah, or them ingesting some of the plastic. That too, yeah. So doing it with fabric is probably your best option. And again, I think individuality flows in this one too. Yeah. Because you may have a dog that's a destroyer. Then yeah, don't use water bottles. Yeah. But you may have a dog that doesn't or a cat that doesn't destroy their toys and it just turns into a fun thing. There's no worry of ingestion or destruction of the water bottle. So Right. They might mouth the toy more than like bite it. Yeah. Like a cat would probably just knock it around the house. Right. And you may have some dogs that might do the same thing. Yeah. So again, make sure that whatever you choose to do to celebrate with your animal, you take them into consideration. Use their individuality, likes, and desires, and what they find fun mm-hmm. as your starting off point. Yeah. You could maybe also consider giving your pet an unexpected gift and turn it into a game. Mm. Whatever you do, just make sure that you supervise their playtime. If you're going to use puzzle toys, find puzzle toys that are going to challenge your pet's problem-solving skills and keep them engaged. This doesn't mean you have to buy the puzzles. I mean, there's a lot of puzzles you can buy. 
but you don't have to necessarily buy them. You can create your own puzzles or challenges for your pets to figure out. And there's a lot of different ideas out there that you can find too if you do a search. And while they're engaged with these toys, be with them and encourage them as they use and learn these new skills to problem solve. So the idea is not to just give it to them and like leave them on their own or whatever, which since we're talking about celebration and being together with your pet. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever it is you choose to do to have a celebration, remember to always prioritize your pet's comfort and well-being. So this means pay attention to their body language, create a safe environment for them, and avoid any activities or foods that could be harmful to them. When you include proper care and consideration in your celebrations, then your pet can have a joyful and memorable experience with you during these times. And that's the important part. And again, the celebration doesn't have to be a big holiday celebration like Christmas or New Year's or Easter or any of the big ones. It could be your gotcha day. It could be their birthday. It could be because it's Sunday. I'm just saying, you know, it could be anything. And the whole key in this whole section we talked about is community, whether it's just you and your animal or whether it's you and an actual community. There are many ways to safely celebrate and bring your animals in to your celebrations because we got to remember your pets are family. There's no reason to not include them in your celebrations. We've talked many times about, you know, when you're having your New Year's parties or your Christmas parties or whatever, to make sure you don't have things that are going to make them sick or they can get a hold of when you have a lot of people around. We talked about stress levels. We talked about all of this stuff, but you can remove all of those fears and all of those obstacles to having a great party with your pets around the house by including them. Mm. And then you plan everything accordingly. And so your animals are safe. They enjoy it. And if they don't enjoy it, then make sure you go back to our older bonus episodes and give them a comfort space in the house where they can get away from all of this. Mm-hmm. But this particular bonus episode is about celebrating together mm-hmm. and how you can do that safely. So when we come back, we're going to get a little bit more detailed and we're going to talk about the different types of celebrations holiday celebrations more specifically holiday celebrations yeah very specific stick around we'll be right back hi everyone now that we are at the end of season three of the animal files podcast miranda and i want to thank you all for your support we always have a lot of fun putting these shows together and bringing you the information you need to help your pets and your families thrive. We are already planning the content for season four, so stay tuned for another jam back season beginning March of 2024. In the meantime, be sure to check out our website, theanimalfilespodcast.com for resources, past episodes, and to stay connected. And if you want to support us, you can also do that straight from the website. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to our special holiday bonus episode. We are back. To finish out this bonus episode, we are going to discuss holiday celebrations. We talked about what you could do, and now we're making it more specific to the holiday celebrations that are coming up. Hmm. or even just past. Didn't you have your Thanksgiving already? Yeah. In Canada, we had our Thanksgiving in October, but I know you guys are going to have yours coming up here in, uh, what, a week or two? A couple weeks. Yeah. It's the third Thursday of November. So that will be, yeah, a week, two, couple, I don't know. It's coming soon. I don't know the actual date. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably know once they start planning everything, because like I said, we're Americans and we just celebrate everything. So our Thanksgivings tend to be big, huge family dinners. (laughs) (laughs) But how can we include our pets? So let's start with Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, since that's the one that's going to be coming up the soonest. You know, it, it is often a very big celebration, not as big in Canada, I don't think. It's definitely a much bigger celebration in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people in Canada still like their food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know so much about other countries that 
celebrate Thanksgiving, how big a celebration it is for them. But I think it's typically a North American celebration. And, you know, there's a few different things that you could do that will allow your pets to take part. You know, I know that a lot of people might include their pets by giving them some of their Thanksgiving dinner. We're going to give some options for that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll give some options for that. (laughs) But here's a couple of other alternative things that you can think of to do as well. Maybe consider having a pet-friendly photo shoot. Now, not all animals are going to be that keen on sitting still for a photo shoot. But, you know, if you're not aiming to have like the perfect picture and you're just looking to have more of a picture for memories then it can be more enjoyable for them. And this could be for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, any of the holiday celebrations this could be considered for. You know, you could maybe do pictures with your pets among Thanksgiving-themed decorations with props like pumpkins and autumn leaves, or maybe some different Halloween decorations or whatever holiday it is that you choose to do it for. So just make sure that if you're doing it, that you're keeping in mind your pet's stress so that you're not doing it just for your benefit and your entertainment, but you're allowing them to be able to enjoy the process as well. So if that means taking breaks, because this could be a process that could take a couple of hours to get one or two good pictures, but make the whole experience the fun of it instead of focusing on the outcome of the picture itself. Yes. It's wise advice. No matter whether you have your pets in it or not, just enjoy the experience. Yes. <laughs> so if you are somebody who likes to include your pets in the Thanksgiving dinner, consider having a pet-friendly Thanksgiving dinner. Prepare a special pet-friendly Thanksgiving meal using safe ingredients such as turkey or chicken without bones, sweet potatoes, and green beans. And then you can give this to them to eat at the same time you're enjoying your Thanksgiving meal. Well, that's cute. (laughs) Mind you, they'll probably finish way faster than everybody else, but... (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Another option is to consider taking a thankful or gratitude walk. So this involves having a leisurely walk with your pet before or after your Thanksgiving meal, or anytime, really. And just reflect on what you're thankful for, what you appreciate in your life while you are enjoying the beauty of the season and expressing gratitude for your pet's companionship. Just make sure if you're in more northern climates or southern during your winter that you make sure that you keep them warm and safe. Mm -hmm. And if you're in hot climates, make sure that they are cool and safe. Mm -hmm. You're not exposing them to the elements that could make them sick or make them uncomfortable. Right. So you can check out our previous episodes where we've talked about summer safety and winter safety, if you want to get more information on that. But, you know, when it comes to your pets, I would think that you would have a whole basket full of reasons to be grateful. Oh, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So this shouldn't be a difficult thing to do. (laughs) It's just taking the quote unquote pause and actually (laughs) taking that gratitude walk (laughs) yes (laughs) but you know what if you're somebody who maybe has less mobility and taking a walk would be difficult for you just take some paper and a pen and write stuff out and just cuddle with your pet while you are writing things down yeah and we encourage you if you're going to do it that way to actually write it down rather than type it It just has much more benefit for you to physically write it than it is to actually type it. Yeah, I have a picture in my head of sitting on the couch or a chair with your dog near your feet or on the couch and actually talking to your animal. Mm. So if you have a cat sitting on the couch next to you, what are we grateful for, Fluffy? You know, like that's a great idea too. (laughs) having a conversation, even if you don't, you know, think you're ever going to get talked back to who knows maybe you might get a little intuitive hit and your animal will say i'm grateful for my ball you know or i'm grateful mm. for my catnip mouse <laughs> it's like you can write the list for them too mm-hmm. you know have that moment i think the idea is to have the moment with your pet so mm. whether you're taking that walk 
or you're just sitting on the couch writing your list with your animal. Don't just have them off to the side. Talk to your animal. Bring them into it. What are we grateful for, Fluffy? What are we grateful for, Spike? You know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just write down what comes to you. They might even give you a clue by looking in the direction of whatever it is that they appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Individuality. <laughs> some may just be happier talking to them, and some may be. Hmm, let me think and be intellectual about it. You never know. (laughs) So that's Thanksgiving. Here's a few ideas for your Christmas holiday celebrations. Maybe have a pet-friendly Christmas stocking where you hang stockings for your pets filled with safe, pet-appropriate toys and treats. Now, if you put this in a place where they can access it and you're not in the room... You may end up finding them grabbing hold of it and pulling it down, and which may not be the best option, especially if there might be something that's enclosed in one of those plastic packages or something like that. Yeah. So either put them up somewhere high enough that they can't get to or only put them up when you are in the room with them. Now, we talked about the thankful walk or the other ways to be thankful. Another thing you could do is have a thankful tree for your pets. So this would be where family members can write down what they are grateful for about their pets and hang them on the tree. And then maybe you can take turns reading out loud these gratefuls to your pets. I think they would like that. Mm -hmm. Have pet safe ornaments during the celebrations. So you want to make sure this is more of a safety thing rather than an inclusive thing, but it's inclusive in the sense that it's keeping your pets safe. So you're avoiding any breakable or toxic decorations. So we pretty much all know like the breakable type of decorations, but the toxic decorations that we need to be aware of are the ones like candy canes and popcorn and lifesavers and different things like that, that people use to create garlands for their trees or gingerbread men as well. These are different things that are not the best things for your pets to ingest. And it's probably even like the safe edible decorations are probably not the best thing to put on your tree because if it entices them to want to eat it, well, you may end up having the whole tree being pulled down. Yeah, but we do. We haven't had a tree in a while because when Maisie and Frankie were little, we were afraid to have a tree in the house because our tree was already breaking and it would be like uh, we just pictured it being all over the floor. So we have all of these pet safe ornaments. I don't really have anything that can break down my tree. But one thing that I always did is I have these little stockings. They're like paw shaped. They're little tiny stockings with the names of all my pets on them. Oh yeah. I still can't find any because I need one for Maisie and Frankie and I haven't been able to find any. Mm -hmm. But what we did is we always made sure that when we put up our tree and we had our decorations, we have representations of all of the cats that we've had on Mm -hmm. the cats that we currently have and basically acknowledging the present animals and the past animals on the tree. So they're part of your thought processes so your gratitude processes whatever you want to do and when I had all my cats before when I would decorate the tree I'd be like oh Saki Sue here's your stocking and I would put her off stocking so I would kind of have conversations with them as I was putting stuff on the tree and I'm like oh here's yours Tic Tac oh here's yours Akira like it was more for me like a memory yeah it's kind of almost like a memory tree it is like a memory tree and now that I am animal free for um the time being you know the memories that come I will still talk to them or their energy as I Mm. see these things and do that stuff. And I thinking this year we may actually have a a tree again. So I'm going to do the same thing. And I will just, it's kind of like a gratitude practice and also talking to your animal and kind of Mm. bringing them in to that celebration. Because for me, decorating trees have always been an important part of the process for me. Mm-hmm. And so being able to bring my animals in and kind of talking to them while I did it always, always made the Christmas season feel a little bit more homey. <laughs> mm. 
I think pet-themed ornaments is a great option to add to the tree, and it could also include other kind of paw print ornaments or framed ornaments of you and each of your animal companions. So you can actually, this is where you could maybe include that photo shoot mm, yes, and put it in a picture frame, and then there you've got it to look at every year. <laughs> yep. Another thing to consider is having pet-friendly wrapping paper, like especially if you want to be able to allow your pets to get involved and unwrap their own present or something like that. A lot of the wrapping paper out there have dyes in them, and there might be other stuff on the surface that is not that safe. I don't know, because it's got usually kind of like a shiny sheen to it, and I don't know what creates that, so I can't say whether that's safe or not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not just in that respect, but you could also consider the environment in this regard as well. When I used to do gifts... I started for a number of years, I would end up wrapping gifts in fabric. So I would have like old bed sheets or old towels or something like that. And, you know, it didn't look fancy. It didn't look have like that fancy look that you get with the uh, mm -hmm. ice creases and, and whatever of the, the wrapping paper. But I liked the homemade look of it kind of personally. Yeah. But yeah, so you can use that to wrap stuff in. And instead of using ribbons and things like that, just find some safe kind of string or something like that, that you can tie it closed with. Yeah. I've used brown paper bags. Oh yeah. And that's a good option too. Like actual paper ribbons. Oh yeah. So I have these naturally colored paper ribbons that I would put on and it would just be a simple bow with like a pink paper ribbon on mm -hmm. craft paper. It looks really pretty. Mm -hmm. And you could probably add some outdoor things, maybe a leaf that's not toxic, you know, like a little bit of, uh, you know, some outside stuff, maybe a pine cone or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, whatever it is you use, you just want to make sure you monitor them when they do open it, because some of them can get so excited or so <laughs> involved in the, the process that they might actually like just rip the wrapping off and um, yeah potentially want to ingest it so just make sure you're keeping an eye on them so you can take it away if it's getting to that point yeah what <laughs> I did is you know Maisie and Frankie love tissue paper and they weren't they didn't I mean Maisie would chew on it sometimes and we would stop her so it wasn't something she did all the time but yeah what I did is I just took some Christmas tissue wrap and I just loosely covered a whole bunch of catnip or not catnip mouse, but those little like rattly mice that look, they used to come in rabbit fur, but now they don't come in rabbit fur, they're like little fur mice. And they love those things. So they didn't care about, once they got to the toy, the tissue paper was like non-existent. So mm. I kind of just loosely wrapped it and mm -hmm. they pawed at it, found the toy, and they were off playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I would pick up the, the tissue paper and, and recycle it or whatever. <laughs> The last thing we have for your Christmas celebrations is maybe do some pet-friendly Christmas caroling. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so, you know, find some carols that you can sing and who cares if you're off tune. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or play holiday music for your pet to enjoy. Or maybe go around to your neighbor's homes and carol together with your dogs or perhaps your cats or other pets if it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like, you know, especially those dogs that are good with cues. Yeah. They can be singing like, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And right at the end, you teach them to go, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you can include them actually in the singing. So if you have a dog that's really well trained and actually really enjoys the engagement and and that you can train them to be a part of the song and they can hit <laughs> their notes and stuff like that there are plenty of animals out there that actually will respond to music in ways that are confounding to me but it's amazing to watch you know you i've seen guitar players where the dogs are once they pick up the guitar the dogs start howling in the background oh, yeah. so <laughs> There's many, many, many things that you can do with this and you can bring them and have them be part of the whole thing. And I think that right. would be really cool. And I think your neighbors, if you do do the caroling, I know that's starting to become less and less because of, you know, life. 
but I think your neighbors would really appreciate that. They get a kick out of that if your dog was howling at a very specific part of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, if the climate is appropriate and you can keep them safe, it could even be fun to have your parrot or one of these other type of birds that actually are verbal to mm -hmm. sing along with you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just make sure they're safe. Yeah. Keep their harnesses on because we don't want anybody clipping wings to keep their animals from flying away. Mm -hmm. You know, they have bird harnesses. If your bird likes to go out, make sure you keep them safe and you're not going to allow them to get in any predicaments. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be great. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. All right. So Easter. What can we do for our Easter celebrations? It's not a big celebratory holiday, but there are some people that do. So what can we do to bring our animals into Easter? Well, I think that a lot of people who don't have children basically focus on the food when it comes to Easter. Mm -hmm. But those who do have children like to do things like have treasure hunts and create an Easter basket and that for the kids. Well, these are options that you can include your pets in as well when you do it in the right way. So you do not want to be hiding chocolate and those plastic eggs and that and have your pets go find those because they are not good for your pets. What you can do instead is have a treasure hunt where you hide your pet's treats or toys around the house or yard. So if you are going to be hiding any chocolate or plastic eggs for your kids, don't let your dogs or cats, cats are not going to really care so much typically, but don't let your dogs just run free while your kids are looking for these goodies because your dogs are probably going to find them and get them before your kids do. Probably. So you want to make sure that you have your dogs under control or kept inside, depending on whether you're hiding stuff outside or inside. But just make sure that your dogs do not have access to these things. So create a separate treasure hunt that is just for your pets, where your kids are not involved, and let your pets find the treats or the toys that you've hidden for them. And as we said earlier on, with doing a game like this, is any treats or toys, you want to make sure you remember where you put them because you don't want them to end up getting moldy or attracting other critters and things like that. So whatever they don't find, you want to be able to pull out from wherever you put them. Yeah. And the benefit of this is that it engages your pet's natural instincts, their hunting instincts, and it creates a mental stimulation for them. You could also, if you don't want to hide things around the house, you could use one of those snuffle mats or maybe that snuffle ball or whatever it is that you talked about earlier, mm -hmm. where you fill the, the mat or the ball with pet treats or small toys, not too small, but toys that are appropriate and hide them, maybe hide them in your yard for your pet to discover, or maybe the mat or ball doesn't have to be hidden. You just allow them to find the treats or the toys just within that, that item. Yeah, You could do the Easter basket, which... I mean, you can kind of allow them to pull stuff out on their own, but of course you need to monitor them. And you could fill the basket with different pet safe toys, treats, maybe a new leash or collar. I think that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like we were saying for all holiday celebrations, if your animal is not up to the task at hand or not up for the celebration, you want to make sure that you definitely set up a designated pet relaxation area or a calm zone where your pet can retreat to if they become overwhelmed or stressed during whatever celebration you are having. Mm -hmm. That's really important. You have to make sure that in these calm zones or even in the busy zone, if they just want to be an observer, that you always provide a comfortable bed Give them some like toys or whatever that make them feel calm and have that quiet space for them because they're not always going to have the same energy level that we do. And we've mentioned it in many other episodes. Animals can become overstimulated and we have to realize that we can't force our human energy on our animals when they've had enough. Allow them to kind of lead the way. And if you have an animal that could care less about any of these things, don't force it on them mm -hmm. just because you want to be entertained. 
you always have to prioritize their safety, their well-being, and their happiness throughout all of these festivities. Mm -hmm. And that is the most important part. And we did give you some quiet options as well that you can do for those animals who do get overstimulated or overwhelmed easily. Yeah, it's all about the animal. All these things could be really fun for humans to organize. But if your animals are not up to it, don't force it. Mm -hmm. So as always, we may be at the end of season three, but if you have any questions, just email us the animal files podcast at gmail.com just because we're not doing new episodes does not mean we're unavailable so Mm -hmm. make sure you reach out if you have questions about your holiday celebrations that are coming up if you have any questions of what to do how to interpret something whatever it is feel free to email us you can also go to our website, which is the animalfilespodcast.com. You can get our social links there. You can find ways to support us. We have resources. And there is also a page where you can go and listen to our podcast directly from the website. We've done several bonus episodes about the holidays over the last couple of years. Feel free to go back and review them. There's safety things. If you're not sure of what's safe and what's not, there's plenty of information there. And again, if you don't want to go back and listen, just email us the animal files podcast at gmail.com. We're always there for you. Mm. And I guess that's it for 2023. Yeah. So come back and join us when we start up again in 2024. We hope that you have some wonderful celebrations coming up. Enjoy your time with your pets and we'll see you soon. Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy new year. See you in 2024. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.